Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. A rocket scientist, a cowboy, a porn star, and a mom walk into a dungeon. And those are just the players. Stay tuned after this episode for a trailer for I Seduce the Dragon, which is a bi-weekly actual play D&D podcast starring five talented women who started playing as a way to connect with each other and evolved into a series of hilarious side quests and attempted heroics. guys are in the streets and you've just noticed that one of the the wooden palaquin has starting to break open and a spider leg has snipped outside of it. How are the uh, big sexy cats that are carrying that thing reacting to this? Um, they're reacting to it by screaming and on the ground and twisting and it looks like one of them is also turning into a spider. Oh my god. Oh no. What we're going to do now is we're going to combat, quote unquote. Um, and uh, how combat works is starts off like most games of this type where you roll a d20, you add your initiative modifier, and that's your starting initiative. But what happens after that is whoever rolls the highest goes first, including the NPCs. Then once they're done, they decide who gets to go next. The last person to be chosen decides who gets to go next to the next round. They can choose themselves if they want to. So if you wait to the end for the spiders to go, then they can theoretically go and then choose themselves to go first in the next round. Oh, okay. That is how initiative is going to work. So let's start with with, uh, initiative. Uh, The spiders are at 14, and the cats you are with... All right, 13. So then we have higher than 14. Uh, 16 plus zero, 16. Okay. And we're going to higher than 16, or is that it? Nope. Okay. So, uh, Jake, you start. Um, also, as a note, uh, you guys now have three points in the uh, fortune bowl, because uh, I gave you a point for your great role play scene. So, uh, you go ahead and start off. What would you like to do? You have weird spider stuff happening. So, what all What all can I do? So, um, your options are right now you're standing kind of in the doorway, so you guys came back out. Um, you can retreat back inside. If you'd like to try to protect the cats, if under assumption the cats might be the target, um, you can rush out and attack the spider. You can uh, try to see if um, somebody else here can answer questions. If you want, you can hold your action to say, I will wait until a spider aggressively attacks me, and then you will act immediately as soon as that action happens. Um, Revington, what do you use to fight? A bow. You use a bow. Yeah. And Tasselhoff, do you have ranged magics? Yes, I do. I'm going to pull out my shield and kind of buckle down in front of the cats. Okay. Uh, and wait for one of my compatriots to, to pop something off from range. So I'm going to stay here and protect. Then uh, what we'll say is that um, you'll be giving an advantage to anyone who's trying to, uh, or sorry, disadvantage for anyone trying to attack someone that's not you. So if they try to attack someone behind you, they're a disadvantage to attack because you're blocking the way. Um, I also have protection style, so I can impose disadvantage on attackers anyway if they're attacking someone adjacent to me. Okay, um, in that case, uh, what I'll say is that if someone tries to attack past you, I'll let you attack at that point, because you already have your protection 
style. So I'll just give you that now. Okay. Um, and then if someone tacks through you, you get an attack on them right away. Cool. Um, so you get to decide who goes next. We have uh, Tass, Rev, the spiders, and the cats. He rolls a die. Yep. And it's Revington. Um, so in my head, you know, I see the tavern, I see the tavern door, and five, ten feet inside is Jake with his shield and then the group of cats behind him. Right. So I'm actually going to jump up on the table that the cats were at okay. and knock an arrow and just aim it at the door and, and wait. Okay. Um, that if one of these spiders comes in looking aggressive, I, I will fire. Okay. So you're holding your action until a spider enters the room. Yeah. Okay. Um, so who goes next? Uh, Tass, spiders, cats. I think the spiders... Okay. Because you have all kind of moved back in and are preparing to wait for the cat to come in, um, you hear more screaming out in the streets. Uh, so spiders are doing something in the streets that you cannot see, but it sounds bad. But one of them does actually, um, you see like spider legs kind of pull through the doorway and you see a spider pull its way into the room. So since spiders come into the room, Remington, you get a chance to attack immediately. 12. So that's 12. Its defense is not is higher than 12. Okay. Uh, so the arrow uh, slings through the air, bounces off its uh, chitinous exoskeleton. So the spiders are going to finish their action. Uh, well, spider, in this case, one single spider's in the room so far. Um, and it's going to skitter across the room towards uh, where Jake is protecting the cats. So Jake, since it's trying to get past you, you can go ahead and make your attack now. 14? 14 is enough to hit. All right. So go ahead and roll your damage. You're using a... What weapon are you using? Uh, I am using a Warhammer. I also have uh, the dueling style trick, so I add plus two to my damage. Uh, so it's a total of 1d8 plus four. Okay. And that is two, so six. Okay. Um, so uh, you bring your hammer down. You hear a, a, a crunch as some of the uh, exoskeleton kind of breaks and shatters in the back. And there's the spider. Now that you have a, a really good look at it, um, it is uh, a black. It has some uh, red markings along the side. But the, the body part um, is actually kind of a thick, almost shell. So when your hammer comes down and cracks it, actually see like it's like a thick layer of, of, of chitin around it. But you are getting through that and starting to bleed this kind of uh, a glowing green goo. Ugh. And it smells awful. It is Ugh. probably the worst thing you've smelled in months. <laughs> in months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are a, a lower class dog, so I'm sure you smell some horrible things. But <laughs> That's true. He's like, well, I guess I got a roll in it. <laughs> <laughs> I need the smell on me immediately. The spider is going to choose the uh, cats to go. Um, and the cats are not doing well. Um, I'm going to say just as a group, they're kind of just trying to get as far back as possible, but they're pretty as far back as they can get. Uh, Mickey is actually going to pull a dagger out, uh, and so she's ready for action. And I'm going to have uh, Yosha go with the cats, and Yosha's going to prepare a spell. Let's see how that goes for her. She rolls a one. Oh, uh, no. Uh, so Yosha pulls up a, a kind of silvery ball that has like um, these, these edges uh, carved all around it, like not quite runes, but like lines and twists and whirls. And she holds the ball up and it starts sparking. And she's like, no, no, my focus. And so that leaves uh, Tess, you're up. Well, I had other plans, but this thing is in our midst and getting hit. So I guess I want to see what an elemental ray will do to it. Okay. Um, elemental ray is a two hit roll, I believe. Yes, yes. 13. Okay, so it's 13, uh, you add your intelligence modifier and you add, add your proficiency because you're always going to be proficient in magic. Right, yes. So that's 13 with all those added in? Yes. Okay, that is just enough to hit. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, so Roy damage, tell me what kind of damage it is. It is lightning damage. 
one. <laughs> so a lightning bolt comes out from uh, uh, your your D6 that you have in your hands. And part of it kind of syncs up with the sparks coming out of Yosha's ball. So someone kind of actually inadvertently arcs into that, which reduces the amount of damage that goes into the spider itself. But it does seem like it's crackling and there's now um, a, 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 almost a burning acrid smell. Ew. Okay. It is the top of the round, however, so you can choose who goes next, including yourself. Uh, I pick me, Mage Armor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So um, you immediately cast Mage Armor on yourself. Boom, your armor class goes up. Um, and everyone else sees kind of like a, a, a thin glowing field around Tass. Uh, so who goes next? I, God, um, I think it needs to be Jake. This thing is still imminent threat right here in front of us. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna smush it with a hammer. Okay. That worked pretty well last time. Uh, 21 to hit. Nice. Oh, that's, that's easy. Yep. Got it. Nine points of damage. Um, so you swing your hammer again. Um, it cracks down this time on top of its head and the head just explodes like a ripe melon. Just yeah. Icarus green goo everywhere it's uh, it's all over your fur it's in your mouth it's <laughs> everywhere it, it 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 doesn't taste good at all um, uh but the spider the leg kind of twitches for a second and it stops you do hear more screaming outside so things are not done yet um but we will temporarily hold on combat um what do you guys want to do now you have a dead spider in front of you run outside and see yeah. what kind of chaos is going on out there you you head outside uh and you see that um there are there's another large spider now sitting kind of inside the ruins of this palanquin that's just kind of looking out the other cats that came with it looks like they've also a couple of them have turned into spiders as well because you can see like bits of their fur Still kind of stuck to their heads. Um, one of them still has like one of the paw limbs, like still kind of flopping on its back. Oh. Um, so definitely they kind of burst out of the skin of these cats. Uh, but also you hear people yelling uh, about the spiders have also started attacking the castle. Oh, shit. Do you guys think that stupid spider coin can just stop this somehow? This is like a full scale invasion. This is beyond just the three of us. Mickey pulls the coin out and it's like, if you guys think you can make it work. Yeah. I mean, would any of my knowledge of Arcana know anything about this or items like it? Are uh, you going to make a roll? Um, these are not creatures you've seen before, so you could not have read about them before. Okay, fair. But I, I will if I can. Um, I'm going to use one of my other tricks uh which is quick suggestion okay and so seeing Tass take this coin up quick suggestion is a herder trick mm. uh where if i just give him some pointers about what he's doing he can add a d4 to a roll within the next hour okay uh, and so as he pulls it out and starts to look at it i'm going to say make sure to focus on like the spider because the coin itself i think is just very generic so if you can think about anything from the symbol oh i see the focus of the focus not the focus yes <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> 13? Um, uh, the problem is spider iconography is pretty common with a lot of different kind of cults and factions over the centuries. Um, there are giant spiders in the world. Um, you have read about them. But generally speaking, they're not uh, sentient. Uh, therefore, wouldn't have use for iconography. There's possible maybe this is a cult of some kinds that's worship spiders. But again, the spiders you saw... They don't burst out of people's skins. That's new. That's a totally new thing you've ever seen before. So these might be new kinds of, of demons. Briefly, let me talk about that. One of the rules of the Church of Man, the Code of Man, is called protect all from the unseen. And the unseen are the collective term for demons. Uh, it, it was believed that 
in the ancient past, when dogs and humanity lived together, that dogs would protect humans from the invisible demons that would try to stalk people. This is why dogs bark at nothing and why cats freak out at 2 a.m. is because they're protecting you from demons. At least that's what they believe. So anything that's lumped into, we don't know what this is, it's probably nefarious, generally gets considered to be unseen. So you're pretty at least confident that if they're not explicitly demons, they're pretty close to it. But you don't know anything more than that. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, there's something something of the unseen is at work here, but I don't know how. I don't know. Does the spider that is crammed inside of the carrier seem to be doing anything different? Like, you know, the, the one that came into the into the bar was kind of charging and just trying to attack. Does this one seem like it's it's more thoughtful? Is it, is it focused around or is it just sitting there because it's stuck? <laughs> Currently, it's like it's like it's skittering, like you know, it's it's turning it's turning around to kind of look at things. So, so you get the impression it's some kind of maybe it's a commander or it's somehow keeping an eye on things. But also, it's clearly as you're seeing, you're kind of trying to analyze it. Um, it's it's clued looking at you, but it's not taking aggressive action towards you yet. Boy, I know what happens to our troops sometimes when a commander gets lost. I think I look at Jake in particular. Yes, let us kill the commander. <laughs> yeah, I'm try to. Uh draw an arrow and, and fire at it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say that uh, you're the top of the round for initiative, and so we'll do a normal initiative round, but you're starting. Okay. Go ahead and uh, draw your arrow and fire. That's better. Uh, 21. That definitely hits. And I have precise attack. Uh, I'm not currently hidden right now, so I wouldn't have advantage, and I don't uh, have an ally that is within five feet. Right. But I do want to point out that, boy, if I was in one of those situations, I'd do a lot more damage right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like if the Guardian were next to the spider, and then you could shoot. <laughs> and quick question. So with precise attack, I know that you can add your your dex instead of your strength to your damage. Is that right? For piercing weapons? I believe with precise attack, actually, you can add your proficiency bonus. Let me double check that real quick. Oh, yes. That's why I have a five next to my damage roll. I just wanted to double check before I said it. Okay. Right. Normally with damage, you add your ability modifier. With precise bonus, you can also add your proficiency bonus. Okay. Uh, so 10. So you uh, pull your bow back and you let go and you have that kind of moment of, of Zen where it's like um, everything kind of gets quiet for a second so you can hear your breathing and you just are really in the moment. The arrow releases from your paw. It slides through right into one of the eyes of the spider um, and it screams this horrible high-pitched scream that's really loud in your ears and it's like, again, that glowing green goop just starts sliding down its face and it collapses. <sighs> Okay, we should make our way further into town. Yeah, princess, stay close. What about the cats? Do you want to barricade yourselves in here, or do you want to come with us? The big tabby kind of looks at Mickey, and he's like, I'll protect my family. And Mickey's like, I'll go with you. All right. Three of you with Mickey and Yosha start running back to the castle. It's a bit of a haul. Uh, uh, the castle's in the center of town. You're you're off to the east end of the city. So it's, it's probably 10, 15 minutes before you can finally make your way to the castle. But when you see there that um, the Royal Guards immediately recognize you, and it's like, you know, thank God you're here. Um, it looks like the king has been captured by these these creatures. Which way? Where where were they heading? Uh, they went they went to the east. Yosha's like, but we just came from the east. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you, princess, but that's the way they went. And then she's like, starts sniffing the air. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, Tash, you recognize this. She's trying to detect magic. And she's like, I smell, I smell some kind of invisibility magic, maybe? Yeah, I think it's it. Uh, can I try to track where they went? Sure, you're going to be at disadvantage because they were invisible. Uh, so it would be a wisdom roll. 
Uh, you can use uh, no nature if you have that skill. I don't. <laughs> okay. Do you, have, do you have any other skills that are relevant? Is that something that survival handles? Oh, survival. Oh, so yeah, make a wisdom roll, but you're disadvantage. But you get to add your proficiency bonus and your wisdom. Uh, 18. It's hard to d- discern a lot, but uh, that horrible uh, uh, Iker smell, you recognize it. You wouldn't recognize it anywhere, actually. Um, it's very distinctive. And so even though it's invisible and muted, it looks like maybe one of these creatures got damaged by the guards and so you get a sense of, of rough direction and definitely just feel like they're going um back towards the docks they're they're going right back where we just were are they just they're trying to capture them they're trying to get them on a ship and get out of here yeah okay well let's go yeah track <laughs> so you start to make your way back um as you get ready to go um one of the guards you, you recognize him as um sir albert's corgi uh, he's the head of the guards. He puts a paw on his shoulder. It's like, the princess should stay here. Yes. And Yoshi's like, no, I should go with them. It's like, princess, your father's been captured. You're the next in line. You need to be here. Can you protect her? Of course, with my life. I don't, look, I'm not trying to be a dick about this, but your job was also to protect the king and he's missing right now. Can you protect her? Mr. Robert gets like, his chest puffs up like he's about to argue and then finally he kind of deflates. It's like, I'm mortified by this, but trust me, I will do everything I can to protect her. Better than with us. Um, the next one won't be a sneak attack. You guys know it's coming. So good luck. We'll go find the king. Yes, we do. He salutes you and they take her inside. Um, as he's turning to go, I want to indicate to the, the coin with the spider on it, mm-hmm. be on the lookout for anybody with one of these. If you see this, that's probably a, not a good sign. Just be aware. We'll do. I'll make sure all the guards know about it. Oh, yeah. We didn't tell him. We haven't told him yet that this is an invasion by a cat nation turning into spiders. Yeah. I mean, we could fill him in real quick on the that we, we found this group of cats okay. and they were, you know, refugees from this place and they thought their group was being was being manipulated somehow. And then this envoy arrived, we thought, to collect them and then it spiders all the way down. Do you bring Mickey up at all or do you leave her out of it? If I think that she'll talk. If you say something like, you know, this cat can verify it, she'll back you up. Yeah. But if you don't okay, yes. include her, she's not going to say anything. Then yeah, yeah. So I will include Mickey. I, I want to try to get her as comfortable with us as possible. Um, And she also clearly looks like upset that this has happened. This is definitely not something she wanted. Um, But yeah, so she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is what happens. This is what we know. Um, She says a little more that she found the coin on another um, Korat general. Uh, and that's, uh, that's why they were chased out of Korat was because that she believes that the higher echelons of the Korat military and the Korat house uh, have been infiltrated. They didn't realize it was literal spiders. They thought it was just a secret society. But it does seem to be sinking up. Yeah. And then head to the dock as fast as we can. Yeah. So you rush back fast as you can, but it's been half an hour and also you have to spend time explaining to him. So by the time you get there, the ship is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey's just furious. She's spitting. She's kicking the dirt. How did you get here? <sighs> Probably the way we're going to have to go back, which is through the fearful forest. Quick map break. The Empire of Pugmire is on the west side of a large forest known as the Fearful Forest. Uh, Korat is the monarchy directly on the east side of that. Uh, so if you want to go to Korat, the obvious way would be through the Fearful Forest. Except no one goes through the Fearful Forest if they can avoid it. Um, it is believed to be horribly haunted and full of, of terrible monsters. Um, there are even rumors that the trees themselves are alive and eat people. During the War of the Dogs and Cats, uh, 
Korat did manage to get a force through, which started the war, uh, but there was never any kind of real conflict through the forest. And usually people are funneling troops down the river and around and back up to Korat because there's a river at least down to the bottom part of Pugmire and then around the forest you take the Acid Sea and then there's a river back up the estuary into Korat. So if they are on a ship you can probably cut through the fearful forest and beat them on time, but it is a very, very dangerous path. Yep. I don't think we have any other choice. God, I hate ghosts. But <laughs> yeah, no, we gotta. Yep. Between ghosts and spiders, this isn't a, <laughs> this isn't a great time. Uh, here we go. I assume that you know the path that you took. I do, um, if it's still there. Sometimes the paths move or change. Great. Cool. Hi. Very cool. All right. Let's let's go. So uh, she um, she pulls on a map uh, and starts kind of orienting herself. Um, and to kind of move things along, you guys will commission a, a boat, take you across the river, uh, and you start to kind of orient yourselves. And she figures out the place where she thinks she came out originally, um, which is kind of a little clearing of trees where the, the trees aren't as tall and, and overhanging. Um, but pretty quickly, you're actually in the Fearful Forest proper, and it's getting close to nighttime. The Fearful Forest is, again, well-named. It is a bunch of very tall trees. They're tall enough, and they're the kind of trees where the branches entwine over each other to where you can't even see daylight, even if it's full noon outside. Um, so it's always kind of in perpetual shadow and darkness. Um, the trees look like they're probably hundreds of years old, and uh, the bark is actually... Uh, kind of gnarled and twisted. Uh, it has a kind of resonance, you know, kind of thickness that really old hard trees have. But some of them actually literally look like they're starting to turn into stone, almost like these are becoming petrified trees, even though they still have leaves and branches. But some of them actually look like the skin is in stone instead of bark. Uh, and it is getting close to nighttime. Do you want to camp here and be fresh for the next day? Do you want to just dive right in? Uh, how long do we think it would take to get through this? Uh, Mickey and her uh, family took about five days to get through. It's about seven days sailing. So if you sailed around in seven days on good weather, through the fear force took her five days. So we can afford to sleep for the night. I don't, I'm fine. I'm, uh, yeah, if, it, if we can cut off a little time, I say we just go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's going to save us from having to stay the night in this place, so I guess we just go. So you dive into the forest trying to make up as much time as possible. Um, and uh, throughout the night, uh, it is extremely disorienting. You can see that there are paths through uh, places where the trees are kind of not as close together. Um Maybe there's been some paw marks as people kind of walked through or boot marks as they've walked through. But after a few hours, as much as you could tell time in this place, there's a couple times where you run through a path and it just stops. You have to kind of backtrack. There's one point where when you backtrack, a path that you swear was not there before now appears. You're able to orient a little bit. Um, uh, uh, Mickey has her map and also she has a compass that she's trying to use. But sometimes the compass will you know, will start just spinning and sometimes it settles down. And she's able to kind of figure her direction again. So you just keep trying to push east. And then after several hours of this, you're exhausted. And eventually you, just have, to, you have to camp. You've probably been walking for 10, 12 hours. And you look back and you can still see a little bit of daylight behind you. So you haven't made it a really great distance. Maybe a couple of miles. Does that seem normal to you from your experience having been through here? Like like what we just experienced? It's It happens sometimes. Um, my people used to believe that the trees actually move. 
And then around you, you hear a, a laugh. You hear laughter. <laughs> oh, d- okay. I don't love that. Do you want to make it an arcana roll? Yeah. <laughs> I sure do. Uh, this is probably something you may have read before. So you can use voracious learner. Oh, okay. Can I sense motive on that laughter? <laughs> it is nefarious. Good. <laughs> what are the odds? What did you roll? <laughs> uh, I rolled fours on both. Uh, so I guess that's <laughs> 10. Um, you do have three uh, points in your... Uh, pool still if you want to use fortune i think this would be worth it i'd like to know if a tree is going to try to eat us yeah okay i will use one okay so re-roll your dice uh 15 okay it's better than 10 do you want to re-roll again try to get a higher number you have two left or just see if the 15 gets you can i ask a clarification question sure uh, when he gets to re-roll does he re-roll just one die or does he re-roll with advantage he rolled he re-rolls a single die okay um so if like for example, if you're at disadvantage, you can reroll the lower one to try to get a try to get like a better lower roll, as it were. Uh, okay. Um, but no, you just reroll a single die and choose a better result. Okay. So do you want to keep that? You want to roll more? I'm okay to keep it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna keep that. So with 15, uh, you have heard of things called whisper woods. They are sentient trees. To the best of your understanding. They are very difficult to chop down. Um, some of them have actually even managed to acquire some kind of stony facade to prevent axes from chopping them down. They are not malicious. They generally want to be left alone. Okay. But what defines leaving them alone is vague. Um, I get the feeling that if we don't harass them that that's good i don't know if being near them is gonna piss these things off but get out that's a pretty clear sign i yeah we we just want to get through as fast as we can i think you're great for real i think this is so cool and like i dig it i i like i like your situation i'm all about you guys keeping the forest safe for yourselves dogs burn trees I just sticks like that have fallen. That's ju- that's it. I would never. I just want you to know we. You steal our dead. That yeah okay. <laughs> when you put it, who what uh do we do we ju- do we want to try to just move on here and get out of uh, an area that isn't these? Believe me, there's nothing more I would like than to not be in this woods right now. <laughs> Is do you know how we can get out of here faster? If you do favor. Uh, sure. What do you need? Kill twisted cats. Twisted cats? What are the twisted cats? What, yes, that's actually what we're doing. We've seen some twisted cats, like cats that are like turning into spiders. Smell bad. Yes. Burn our flesh. Yeah, we are on the same team. Yeah, we want that. You hear a, 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 a groaning sound and then... It looks like almost like a giant hand has reached between trees and started just pushing them aside as, as a, a path just grinds open in front of you. Um, and you can see it, 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 it's still unlit. It's still very far down, but you can start to smell um, the wood fire smoke. All right. Thank you. Hurry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you make your way down. Uh, you start to walk down the uh, path that was led before you. And uh, the, that smell gets it's it's stronger and stronger. Um, it, it definitely smells like a, a, a wood fire, like a really good high quality wood is getting uh, uh, burned, like that kind of really rich, almost eloquent smell that gets you when you have a really nice wood fire. Um, but there's also a tinge of like when you when your meat falls into the grill, like kind of like burning flesh smell. 
Oh. Uh, so it's really easy to follow as you make your curve around through. And as you kind of walking around, you hear like grumbles and groans that for the past day or so, you had thought were just the wind going through the trees, but now you're starting to second guess if that's true. Um, but eventually you do curve around. You can start to see there's a, a light in the, in the forest. Um, and it definitely looks like a flickering fire. I'm going to kind of put my hand up and, and see if I can sneak down that way um, to get a little recon before we head into the light. Uh, make a dex roll. You can, I'm assuming you have a sneak skill. I do. Okay, you can use that. Uh, 27. Nice. Okay, they're going to roll not nearly as well. So uh, for uh, Jake and Tass, uh, basically, Revan is like, cool, I'm, out. I'm on this. I'll be right back. And then, like, you blink and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> just silence. As Rev kind of just sneaks back into the trees and kind of fall on the tree line, you're very carefully placing your, your boots and your paws so that they don't step on dead leaves or dead branches. So it takes a while to make your way there, but it's completely silence. And as you get to, it looks like a rough kind of opening uh, where you can see, like, there are stumps of trees around so it looks like someone came in and you cut down a couple of the trees. And uh, there's huge chunks of, of this kind of uh, a gnarly, stony wood just kind of set up in blocks. And there are three cats standing around. And they're sitting around a fire um, where some of his woods are thing. One of them has an axe, but it looks less like a weapon axe and more of a high-quality wood chopping axe. Uh, so it's it's got the um, shorter head to be able to kind of get the more precise strikes on chopping down a tree. Um, there's like a, some saw edge on this and kind of saw through it a little bit. Uh, but otherwise, they're carrying stone clubs. So it's, 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 it's odd. I mean, usually you're just seeing like maces or hammers like Jake has, but these are actually just chunks of stone that have just been shaped into kind of a club-like form. I'm not sure if this works mechanically. What I would love to do is fire off an arrow at one of them and then sprint back down the path, like basically trying to, to lead them back towards the group. Do you have the bluff skill? Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't. What I could say is that... Um, I could um, I, I could fire off an arrow and then as a bonus action, I can I can try to hide. I was actually thinking, like, because um, basically what you're trying to do is trying to use an arrow as a way to convince them that there is a group that they have to go pursue down the, down the road. Yeah. So what I'll let you do is make a – just make a dexterity roll. Call it difficulty 10 to see if, if your arrow goes somewhere noticeable. And if that succeeds, it'll give you advantage on a charisma roll to see if that convinces them that okay. there actually is a huge threat down the road. Start with your arrow shoot. That would be a natural one. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, I, you do have uh, two fortune left. That's true. Would you like to spend one of those? I mean, we're not there to argue with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose I better, or else I imagine I'd just get clubbed to death here in the darkness. <laughs> and then there were two. Yeah, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so you spend one. Roll again. Natural 20. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Because one of those games, is it? <laughs> okay. Um, then you don't have to make your other roll. What would you like these cats to do? I would like for them to pursue me down the path back towards the group. And away from the light. Uh, correct. Okay. Um, so uh, you uh, you shoot the arrow, um, and it's uh, – as soon as you let go, immediately, you know that this was a terrible shot. It, it's, it's like starting to flatten out, and it's going to dump in. And then you hear a rustling wind come through the trees and actually moves the arrow up into a nice arc. 
and it lands right in the middle of the um, fire. And the way it hits one of the logs is the log immediately splits and gets a kind of gust of uh, sparks that sometimes uh, fire's going to hit like a knot sap. So it immediately, an arrow lands, and as far as I can tell, explodes. <laughs> um, so they immediately kind of step back, and then you take a moment to step in and kind of just start stomping on leaves and branches so that they hear you. Yeah. And so they're just like, ah, uh, uh, attack, and start rushing after you. And so you've got a nice long distance. You've walked down this path already, so you can easily uh, bring them up to uh, right behind you. They won't actually catch up to you. Now, from everyone else's perspective, here's what happens. Rev disappears. Two minutes later, you see a in the distance and screaming as a bunch of people start running towards you. <laughs> this is probably not entirely unusual from your experience. <laughs> So, um, you guys are definitely prepared. Uh, I'm going to say that um, you guys can start initiative. Uh, you can choose who goes first. And this round, you don't have to choose the cats. They're going to be surprised. So, it's been three actions just beating up on the cats. Who wants to go first? I think Tass, since he's got, like, I'm, I'm envisioning that I will take a moment to kind of get myself repositioned with the group. Um, so, Tass is kind of the one who's got distance. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm ready for this, I'm just going to prepare to blast at whatever is past him. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, you can you have a pretty clear shot because the light's behind them. Um, so you can easily kind of pick them out in the in darkness. So you can go ahead and just make a roll to shoot them. All right. I think I'll start this out with a bang and see if I can hit one of these with acid arrow. 21. Wow. Uh, okay, so um, the arrow, a shed of acid comes out from your, your die and shoots through the air. Roll your damage. It's a lot of dice. Uh, 11. Oh, yeah, 11. And that's acidic damage? Or, uh, yes, acidic. Okay. And then at the end of their round, they take more. So uh, the, right, the, uh, uh, it splashes onto the first one in line, and that smell you had before of the um, the noxious kind of goop, Hit your noses immediately, even from this distance. Um, you can't tell if it's bleeding or not because it's more melting than anything. Um, but as it's screaming and melting, you do see that like a leg pops out of its back as it kind of molt- dissolves into goo. Nice. Almost spider legs out of its back. So you're definitely the same kind of creatures you saw in Pokemon. Uh, I think if they're still running in, that maybe this is what has kind of slowed them down enough to give Revington his opening. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to finish my my movement and get up next to Mickey and draw an arrow. And I'm actually going to wait until they get a little closer to fire. I'm going to wait until they are kind of engaged uh, with Jake. That leaves Jake and Mickey to go. What is Mickey uh, wielding? What is Mickey, what's Mickey got? All you've ever seen her pull is a dagger so far. I think Mickey then. Um, So you go, you stand behind Mickey, you pull your arrow out, you turn to tell Mickey, hey, go, and then Mickey's gone. Perfect. Basically, she closes her eyes and the black fur against the black knight makes it impossible to see her. I gotta learn that. And so she's doing a thing. And she does a thing. Okay. Uh, she chooses Jake to go. I close my eyes and I become impossible to see against the night. No. <laughs> uh, I, quite quite the opposite. I'm going to barrel directly down this path and try and hit the first one I can reach with a hammer. Mm, ten. That is not going to be sufficient. You do have one point of fortune left. Nah. Uh, so you swing your hammer down. It kind of just goes right next to one of the cats um, hitting the ground. <laughs> Uh, it is the top of the rounds, and uh, everyone can go. But the spider, or sorry, the cats are now available to go again. So you decide who goes next. Uh, can I uh, 
Jake having moved into uh, physical combat, can I release my my arrow that I drew from last round? Sure. Okay, I'll allow that before the next round starts. Natural 20. Nice. Good lord. Ones and 20s all the way down. Wow. Um, So go ahead and roll, uh, figure out how many dice you would normally roll for damage, then roll twice that many dice. Gladly. (laughs) 23. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you pull your bow back, um, you let go, and again, that kind of moment of, of pure clarity, as it were, on um, the opposite of the last time when you're like, oh no, did I screw this up? Um, but, uh, the arrow kind of sinks through right into, uh, one of the cat's throats and back out the other side. Um, and again, that kind of foul smelling, uh, Iker pours out of his throat as it falls backwards. And from its chest, um, you see that, uh, chitinous armor kind of bursts out from his chest before it collapses. Uh, I will pick Jake. Well, it's, just, it's top of the round, so Jake can decide who goes next, but Jake can choose himself. Uh, if but he you wants. get bonus damage as long as I'm next to them, right? Correct. Then I will pick Revington again. Oh, okay. Uh, 18. That also hits. Uh, 14 points of damage. <laughs> okay. Um, another arrow through. This one's not as, as impressive, uh, but it goes through kind of the chest, um, right through the leather armor of the cat. Um, and you see that um, the cat's face kind of splits and you see like more red eyes peeking out from under its skin before it falls to its knees and collapses. I hate everything about this place. God, me too. Yep. Do the cats have anything good on them? <laughs> Give it a, a two beat before there's a, another burst of acid from <laughs> <laughs> I'm like right in the mouth again. <laughs> like wait, wait. Okay, now we're good. You're, you're, you're my exploding cat in your face. That's just awful. <laughs> um, so you go to check the bodies, and uh, the armor uh, looks like it's torn uh, leather. Um, you also are noticing that, uh, like with the other cats you saw, there are bits of red that have worked into the armor. Uh, so it's like, you know, red stitching in one person's armor, and the one has a red kind of square of leather in the chest area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is just melted. You can't possibly anything salvage about that. Um, but in the other two, you do find more of those plastic discs with the spider emblem on them. I'll collect those. Okay. Give them to Tass. Again, I don't know if these are going to have any purpose, but seems better to have them than not. Yeah. Okay. We'll, uh, Hang on to them. So um, you take those things, you put them in your paws, you put them away, um, and you hear another kind of rumbling sounds as the path in front of you just starts to close again. And you hear, that will do. Thank you. We'll try to get through as quickly as we can, and we appreciate your kindness. You hear nothing else. But uh, for the next few days, as you make your way through, you do find that the uh, disorientation you were experiencing before is gone. Uh, Paths more or less stay the way that you expect them to. Um, The map now actually more or less seems to be working. The compass spinning isn't happening anymore. Uh, So it takes you a few days of travel to get through the actual forest. Um, so you get back all of your stamina points, get back all your, your uh, spell slots. It's been a few days. You camped and the like. Um, no more trees talk to you, which is deeply, deeply appreciated, I'm sure, by all of you. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I can't emphasize enough that we do not make a campfire. Yeah. Right. Um, so you're eating some raw, you know, your, your rations, like your dried uh, meats and the like. And yeah, you're just, it's cold and you're miserable, but it is a lot better than having trees talk to you. Yes, and like keeping all of the wrappers from those things in the bag still instead of, you know, discarding them or anything. Uh, so eventually, um, uh, the path starts to lead you like on the fourth or fourth day, getting close to the fifth day. Um, you're getting close to the edge of the forest, but you do see that another path starts to open up to your left. Um, and it goes, the trees are moving aside and you see it's kind of curving down. 
And at the bottom of this kind of hilly area inside the forest, there is a set of stone doors that are kind of just standing in the middle of it. And they're like, and they're like a small building. So basically just doors and the building, some buildings are big enough basically for the doors. And the doors have uh, the Korat symbol carved into the wood. Uh, they're big, heavy, big metal locks on them. Um, and the stone itself looks like it's ancient. It's probably maybe even 100, 200 years old. Is this on the map? Uh, Mickey looks for maps like I, I, I've never, I didn't see this before. And she kind of looks at it and then she's like, actually, that might be the Iron Fang maze. And I think about it. The, I'm sorry, the what? Oh, yes. Um, dogs, sorry. Um, the Iron Fang maze is where the soldiers of Korak go when they're uh, proving themselves worthy of being good warriors. So they go in there and they clear the place out as a, as a test. Um, it's a huge labyrinth of, of, of monsters and creatures and whatnot. But I don't know of anyone who's used the Iron Fang maze in a while. Does it lead somewhere useful? It leads to the catacombs underneath uh, the forest in Korat. Back in the war, we used it as a way to kind of get through the forest to invade Pugmire. But it only worked once. Oh, but I mean, that kind of works in reverse. Like we could sneak into the proper of this city and. Yeah, theoretically. So I think this is the question we have to answer. Do we want to try to intercept this boat on the dock or do we want to assume that they are taking the king to, you know, somewhere inside of the city and try to deal with it there? Uh, Mickey's like, I feel kidnapping the king of Pungmire is not going to go well no matter what, obviously. The other monarchies would have a problem with that. Korak can't alienate the other five monarchies. They're not that strong. So if they're going to bring the king in, they're going to hide him somewhere. That makes sense. I mean, ideally, I would love if, if we have really a drop on them to just get down the river, but I have no idea how we would even get on a boat in the middle of, you know, there's just no, there's just no realistic way to deal with them while they're on the move. Yeah, and I mean, if they're going to hide him someplace, what better place than a maze that they haven't used in years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this may mean us going down in there and camping out for a few days. Like, it's it's still like a day or two before they would arrive. Does everyone have enough enough stuff to survive underground for a couple days? Yeah, should be fine. Actually, it's a good question. Um, minor mechanical note, uh, how rations and supplies work. We kind of skim through it because I want to make sure you guys get to the good stuff. But in general, if you're traveling for a long time over land, at the end of the day, you would sleep. And that's how you recover your spell points and your stamina points. If you're camping, you would make constitution saving throws. And if you fail a constitution saving throw, you don't heal back your points. You don't get your spell points back. If you cross off rations, then it allows you to re-roll the die to try to get a better oh. roll. So how you use your rations up. And same thing with light sources. If you have a light source, you say, I have a torch. So you use it, and then only when we narratively say the fire gets extinguished or whatever, then you actually cross it off. I no longer have this torch. Very cool. So it allows you to have some resource management, but generally speaking, for short trips like this, it's not going to matter much. If you're going like a three-week cruise, okay. and the ice acid sea is going to uh, Yeah, so I mean, I have I have rations that I have not crossed off, so I think I'm good. That's not in character. I realize it sounded like it was. <laughs> He's, I'm just looking at my own character sheet in character. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I, yeah, I also have rations. I don't know that I do, actually. Mickey has hands you a, a bag of uh, of uh, beef jerky and catnip. Uh, excellent. Thank you. I also have an iron pot, so if we can find anything to turn into a stew down there. 
when you say that people go down there as part of their proving and clear it out, like clear it out from what? Oh, monsters, obviously. Well, obviously. You, you do have monsters at Bugmire, right? Yeah, yeah. We just don't have like a maze that endlessly replicates them. I, yeah, once it gets cleared out, how does it get refilled with monsters? Magic. Oh. Would you like to make an arcana roll, uh, Tess? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I'm trying to figure out, like, what does this sound like something? Is this something I would know? I'll give you a voracious reader, but the difficulty is going to be 18. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, let's see what we got here. 26. So deep in some of the arcane lore of, of Pugmire, as they try to understand uh, how the magic of, of the old ones work... One of the pieces is that uh, back in the ancient times, um, humanity was able to tap into, for lack of a better term, different dimensions. Uh, they were able to get resources and energy from different locations that aren't here. The problem is, is that those areas were always kind of unstable. Uh, so it's not something that dogs have been able to easily replicate, or as far as you know, cats either. But that doesn't make it implausible that there's not a some kind of, of, of door or portal or realm that may be populating places, people from a completely different place and putting them into this maze. Gotcha. So they're just sort of repurposing instead of figuring out how it works. Which is pretty common for dogs and cats in general. Yeah. I mean, there are things that can do this. Um, you don't off the top of your head know what kinds of monsters are down there, do you? I've never been down there. My, my, my father went down there once, but he would never talk about it. He said it was too horrible. Oh, good. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, there's four of us. I say we give this a shot. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, if they were sending in one warrior at a time to prove themselves, we've got we've got four of us. That makes it a little better odds. I love mazes. Besides, Mickey says, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Uh, dogs that turn into spiders? Oof. Spiders that turn into cats? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've pretty much killed all the permutations <laughs> of this, so but what's the worst that can happen? Oh, right. How do we, how do we get in? I open the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Taz flipping through his book going, what about, look at this, and Tix just goes up and just opens the door. <laughs> huh. Yeah, all right. It's a door. And you hear, as you pull it open, and there's a staircase going down. See, it's got like a hinge and a handle and everything. I didn't, I was looking for like the, uh, it, cause when it's, um, and I'll go in. <laughs> you, just, you open the door and there's just a wall of monsters pressed against it. <laughs> and so you just close it again. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Here, here a knock, a polite knock from the other side. <laughs> Occupied. Do any of you have a torch? Yes. Um, who's going first? Who doesn't need both hands and can wield this torch? Uh, I Yeah, I don't need two hands. I will hand the torch to Tass so that I can still have hammer and shield at the ready. But I can go first. So, sound like Jake, then Tass, then Revington, then Mickey? I'll let Mickey be in the middle. So you make your way down the staircase. Uh, the stairs are, um, they're old. They're definitely kind of like the edges starting to crumble a bit, even though it's solid slabs of stone. And the middle of them have a slight groove as if lots of people over the centuries have walked down or even up these stairs. So there definitely has been a kind of wear of traffic over the centuries as you make your way down. And the, the actual staircase is pretty narrow. It's really just about wide enough for Jake. Jake's a pretty big dog. So it's like, you know, occasionally his head will scrape against the ceiling a little bit. Um, and But you can't really easily get two of you side by side down this pretty narrow place. And you walk and walk and walk. And it seems like it's quite a while that you're walking down. But eventually you get to a landing and um, it opens up. And the four of you can see that it's uh, um, a bigger kind of 
stone area that leads to a giant's metal door. There are no hinges on it. There's no handle. It's just a solid slab of metal just stuck in the side of a stone wall. There is a black glass square on the right side of it. Okay, now this one, I think there is some discussion to be had about how it opens. Maybe the coin? Like put the put the coin against the that black section? Tass is the, is the spider coin master. I'll try that, yeah. Okay, you take the coin out. Um, you put it in front of it. You can tap it to it. Um, yeah, I think I just hold it, like press it up against it. Uh, you press the coin against the black glass, and you see that um, behind the glass, there's a, a green line that actually kind of glows and slides down from the top all the way to the bottom. And then, as you're holding the coin down, the whole glass turns green for a moment, and then you hear a chunk, and the metal door starts to slide open. <laughs> Hey, damn, nice. Thanks. I thought like, oh, if I had a, a secret cult or something, like why would I have this? Oh, it's a key. Oh, sh- wait, hold on. All of them had a key to this labyrinth. Do we still think that it's not been used in a while? Oh. Actually, as you look past the door, um, you do see that there are sacks of webbing along the side of the walls, which are made of metal. And you can see behind them, like one of them, like a cat ear sticks out of one and a bit of a cat nose sticks out of another. And it looks like these are dozens of cats that are just webbed against the wall. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Icewind Dale. It is not a good day in Icewind Dale. Aurel, the Frost Maiden, a god, the divine embodiment of winter's fury, has withdrawn to this cold corner of the world, plunging it into endless night. Can you repeat this uh, harbinger of winter's name again one more time? Aurel. 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 This is I Seduce the Dragon. Gentry, I'm so sorry I'm about to fight some kids. God damn it. It's a new D&D podcast. Your hands are tied behind your back. Okay, what's that face? <laughs> Am I into it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a story about Tori. He is the worst person you know. Gentry. And none of my friends believe me. Not at all. You're circus folk. Why would we believe you? Erastus. Erastus likes to party and moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> and Martha. I have to eat off of porcelain like one of you people. You people? Uh, what a hardship for you. It's a story about friendship. Aren't you supposed to be a god? Demi-god, remember? Oh, demi-god. It's like running a half marathon. It's like not that impressive. <laughs> it's still a very long run. And standing up for what's right. And this is, just to be clear, still our problem. I'm going to go hide under something. Look for I Seduce the Dragon. Oh, he big. Oh, he's so big. <laughs> Wow, he's so big. I've never seen someone take up four squares on Roll20. Wherever you get your podcasts.